0: Love Talk Radio.
1: everyone, And thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by an education grant from Tava Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today I am super excited to have Lauren Stefan on, a fellow HD advocate and my dear friend, to talk about how it's important to stand up and show up in our HD community. So, welcome to the show, Lauren. I'm so excited to interview you today.
0: Hi, Katie and everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Yes, I am just really looking forward to this interview.
1: Yeah, let's start right away and tell us about yourself and how your life is impacted by HD.
0: Okay, so um, you know what? My name is Lauren, and I am from Houston, Texas. Um, You know what? My life has been impacted by HD in various different ways. Um, But HD and my work in the terms of research and advocacy came when I received a positive diagnosis in March of 2016. So here at Baylor University, I was tested and unfortunately received the HD HD mutated gene, CAG46. Um, This unfortunately meant that my dear children, Nora and Samuel, would be considered at risk. So as a mom, um, understandably, the guilt has kind of eaten me alive, um, but I chose to move forward um, to the best of my abilities. Um, I was told by the geneticist, based on my family history and CAG repeat, to expect about three to five years before advanced symptoms would portray themselves. Um, The geneticist further concluded that diet and exercise could prevent or delay the onset by about five to 10 years. So I kept that in mind and have incorporated like a health and wellness routine into my lifestyle. But soon after the diagnosis, um, I was fortunate enough to go to my first neurologist appointment. Um, He was super objective and told me what I wanted to hear, which is like, don't worry, be calm. And uh, he left the room. Soon after, Enroll HD came into the room And informed me of a clinical trial available in Birmingham, Alabama, which is about 10 hours away from Houston, if anybody has ever looked at that on the map. So, um, she and, yeah, it was far. So, um, you know, I really wasn't going in there expecting to be enrolling in any type of clinical trial. I was just going into the neurologist because I had gotten um, the positive result, right? So, um, I was really... I was really lucky um, to have somebody from Enroll HD her name was Amy Patel, actually, informed me of the SIGNAL trial that was sponsored by Zafnex. So, mm-hmm. once she told me about that, um, I contacted the clinical trial coordinator at the site, and I was screened for the trial, and I found out that I was eligible. So... That kind of is where I started. Um, you know, yeah. I had no idea um, what a clinical trial was, um, how it would be uh-huh. executed, or how I would respond to the fact that clinical trials are double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. no, yeah, fun, not fun But um, nonetheless, you know what? I really felt like in my heart I did not have anything to lose Um. So I went yeah. Um. I had family and friends drive me there from Houston to Birmingham for months Eventually with help from the Huntington Study Group I was beyond blessed with a flight that would fly me there I am still enrolled in this trial today, and it has nothing it has been nothing but a wonderful learning experience. I've been enrolled mm-hmm. for over two years, um, actually, and I go once a month to receive this monoclonal antibody, which basically acts like a neuroprotection agent against the semaphore D, um, a pathology kind of responsible for the execution of the HD. Um, on the outside of our DNA. It's kind of considered Mm -hmm. like immunotherapy. Um, But still, this left me with many questions like, what is immunotherapy? And I was very familiar with the gene silencing therapy, or what we know now as the ASO therapy, or the antisense oligonucleotide therapy, um, which we're all pretty familiar with, I think, generally speaking. But I was really Mm -hmm. very intrigued. Um, Would both be successful? Would both be unsuccessful? Only research and participation would be able to answer that question yeah absolutely and you know let's obviously
1: give a huge shout out for anyone who's involved in research we're never going to find absolutely. therapies treatments or the cure without research participants um, my husband was involved in seven clinical trials and studies over the course of his um you know of, of, of living with hd and he, when he was still able to be in clinical studies and trials and you know Everything from just a telemedicine trial to see if it works to, you know, um, Co, you know, CoQ10 or you know, these these mm-hmm. were so important. And even though you know they were, some of them were not found effective. It, we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for participants, right? So like this is so important, and, and you know, and I do know, and Lauren and I both know how this does very much take over your life. You you have to spend a whole day, and in Lauren's case, she has to travel and. Um, you know, and you have to you have to plan the day, and you have to take care of children and childcare, and it takes a lot for our families, right, to to do this. But for the people that are able to do it, we are so thankful because we will not we will not have anything without research participants. So huge thank you to everyone for that. Definitely. Yeah, participates in and research. I
0: I agree. I agree with you about that. Yeah. Um, people do not realize that. People have spent 10, 20 years of their lives um, going in and doing these clinical studies, whether it was a coenzyme Q10, there was a track HD, there was a predict HD. Um, all of these studies, uh, all accumulatively put together, have got us to where we were today. So I was blessed to have people in my life that really explained that to me. And even if the drug did not work, the data that they're getting from my brain imaging, the data that they're getting from my cognitive test um it's all going to the greater good of hd and as a parent Mm -hmm. children at risk it was it was really a no-brainer for me because i want my children to have a future without hd so yes yeah but thank you to everybody who's ever participated and thank you to the people that haven't been able to participate too because hd is not an easy disease to participate in so you know what we're making progress but we're all in this together
1: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So this is like
1: my favorite thing to ask you is let's talk about your advocacy projects as a fellow advocate. I love hearing what other people are doing, especially amazing people like Lauren. So let's get started on that.
0: So, you know, advocacy is really something that comes in um, all different shapes and forms. I was more of like the hands-on approach. So fortunately, I just kind of hit the road running to learn as much as I could about this disease. I learned on what I call research road um, that HD is in all of our cells. It is in our gut. It is in our toenails. It is in our hair, Mm -hmm. our eyes but most importantly, our brains. So meaning that if the ASO therapy was successful in treating our brains which accumulates the most amount of HD pro- protein, um, we would still kind of have to contest to the fact that HD still lives in other places in our bodies, if that kind of makes sense. So that's why I think mm-hmm. exploring both type of therapies are imperative. But nonetheless, recognizing that the HD protein and the ASO therapies could be some of the first therapies ever to be successful in treating not just HD, but many other brain diseases and um, this is just an effort that speaks very close to my heart when you're in the clinical trial environment you're sitting next to people that are dying not just from HD but from brain cancer from this disease from that disease you know it's just a plethora um, of diseases that people are suffering from so HD research in my opinion, is continuing to make history. Um, but we have problems. Mm-hmm. We have a failing healthcare system, a failing world view of the imperative tasks that need to be done to execute these drugs onto the main market worldwide. Um, and this led me to join like the NYA, which is like the National Youth Alliance and be a regional lead mm-hmm. for the advocacy network that goes to Washington DC yearly, um, not just to fight for the end of the two year waiting period for Medicare, but furthermore, raise awareness to the fact that this disease exists. It is one of the oldest diseases known to man, yet no drug on the market can successfully manage this disease as of now. So, like I said, advocacy comes in many shapes and forms. Speaking locally is imperative. Um, I was also blessed to join the Huntington Study Group Family Day Planning Committee because they're going to be doing this here in Houston. Um, And this is Mm -hmm. to provide families with an experience um, here in Houston. In November of 2018, um, on Saturday, we get to actually set up everything that's just for families. And so I could always use feedback on what are HD families needing? Um, As we know, HD comes in many shapes and forms. We have the perptomal phase of the population. We have the middle stage of the population. And we have the late stage of the population. To adhere to their needs is more complex. And I always welcome any feedback or ideas is, um, that I can bring back to the committee. And then I also joined um, like the local walk in my area because that was something that I could do when I work with the social workers in my area um, to make sure that I can get to the walk, to make sure that I could recruit more families. Um, nothing is more fun than meeting an HD family in their neighborhood <laughs> because that yes, to me yes. is like family at this point. Um, so yes. I, really, I really love the local community and I love... I love the community that we're we're really building, um, and developing a strong patient population is really the only way to get our voices heard. So I believe we do have a lot of work to do moving forward.
1: Absolutely, and I you know I think you brought up such a great thing, Lauren, is that you know we have we can be advocates in so many different ways. It doesn't mean that you know mm-hmm. we have to like you were saying we, we you know go. Some people can't leave their home. I know, like when my husband was really, you know, we were in a very hard place. I couldn't leave the house, so you know, yeah. virtually we could talk. You know, the yeah. virtually we can make phone calls. We can send letters. Um, you know, there's so much that there's so many different levels and different ways to be a a advocate. And really, the number one thing is use your voice and tell your story. Um, it's exactly what what uh, Lauren is uh is starting is talking about. So let's yeah, talk about care. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. good, because that means so, we have had incredibly extensive talks about that. So let's talk about care and using your voice to improve it.
0: So I love that you emphasize sharing our stories. Um, I think that that is the main, um, you know, backbone of advocacy work is, is our stories. Um, but to improve mm-hmm. care, I mean, this is a very complex um, situation. So, I think that you know what is most important, in my opinion, is giving time. Um, time is free and can be used with flexibility. Um, so, some of the things that I did regarding the advocacy work was just, I changed my email to say HD advocate and research per, uh, participant. Uh, and all mm-hmm. this kind of leveraged me into in, into a position um, that I am today. But you know what, in a patient population with so much to do and so much to give, it is overwhelming at times to decipher which organizations suit your advocacy mm. skills and desires. For me personally, Mm -hmm. um, and this I'm going to get into the care aspect of it, but it was to brand myself as an individual patient fighting for my life. Um, And in this regard, Mm. I support the all-inclusive approach to advocating HD. And my most successful endeavor was with the help of my father. And for confidentiality purpose, I will not mention any names. But right after the Houston Astros won the World Series, a veteran Astros player, MVP, from the early 90s, came out to my mother's state-funded nursing home, okay? This is where care kind of comes into the picture. Um, I was actually Mm -hmm. able to let somebody of a higher power understand the lack of care that not only Huntington's disease is receiving, but disease groups as a whole. So, um, you know, when it comes to care, I think that we really have to – we really have to be honest. Every single state has different rules and regulations for HD care and some states. The medical marijuana is legal in some states. Medicare and Medicaid has higher numbers and is more readily available in some states, such as New York. A care facility was specifically open for the hD population, and the nurses were trained mm-hmm. on how to care for them. I wish more facilities like that were available in other states, and I wish that the yes. patient population had more of a right to choose how to treat a disease that virtually has no cure. So the patient Mm -hmm. has no choice in regards to these topics such as euthanasia or the Mm long-term care facilities um, that they're getting. And I personally find that the federal government is not funding the amount of money necessary to get our job done. So in regards to HD care and HD as a whole, I would like to see an increase in funding. Um, Nonprofits have had to take the job of recruiting and funding research in order to provide help for families. All is, that's great. But statistically speaking, HD, according to clinicaltrials.gov, has only had 155 studies done on the books. Alzheimer's and Parkinson's have had over a 1,000. So, yeah. you know, their patient population is large and celebrities have endorsed the disease, but that is no reason to leave HD out of the picture. Our families, and especially caretakers, are required to donate to nonprofits, but also provide fiscal support with the loss of incomes and manage the disease mm. on a day-to-day basis. So with this mm-hmm. said, um, I believe that is imperative in my always changing opinion that funding for disease groups get allocated evenly amongst the disease groups. Um, and this will require further researching more on the allocation of funds, what is going wrong, and how we can do better to ensure that we have the appropriate amount of funding moving forward um, without the patients and caretakers um, being held fiscally or so, yeah, a lot. yeah. <laughs> Yes, no, but you're so right. Oh my gosh. And this
1: is why I love sitting down with you and having conversations. If you go to family day or you have it, please sit down with Warren because she is unbelievable to talk to and um, I could sit with her all day, every day. But unfortunately, I'm in California and she's in Texas. Um, but we thank goodness for phones because we talk. Um uh, I know, <laughs> yes, I know how involved you are in research and, and advocacy for science, but tell us your involvement in clinical trial, uh, expand, because you say some amazing. you say the funniest things when you talk about being involved in research <laughs> and clinical trials that I want people to hear because it's totally going to resonate with people. So let's talk about that.
0: Well, I think that it's just, it's very confusing. I was embarrassed for myself when I found out that I had the HD gene and I didn't realize that it was like in all of my, sales, my cells. Okay. I mean, there were so many um, complex things that this disease was doing for my bo- like to my body. And I had no idea. So mm. I think that's kind mm. of where it started. And when you're on the road and you're getting an infusion or a monoclonal Antibody every month, and you're considering the fact that antisense oligonucleotides are going to be delivered to your brain and saturate it with a kind of drug. Um, I kind of had a deep desire to know what was being um, produced and virtually, you know, pumped into my body. So I used this as leverage. Right. Curiosity. I was curious what are they doing um, to delay this onset? Or what are they doing to reduce the amount of mutant Huntington protein? So as a recent um, college graduate, thank you, Um, took me 10 years, but um, I I use that as a platform for a mechanism of study. So here I studied, and I read formal and published research articles, and just was fascinated beyond belief. Um, Even went to start my own research paper comparing the Ionis, now Roche, drug trial to Mm -hmm. the Vasinex monoclonal antibody, and found that both really kind of started about the same time and are very promising um, in the future of Mm -hmm. HD, and both treatments may be needed. So really, it was just curiosity um, as what we can do in the future regarding these diseases. I recognize that funding for universities administering clinical trials is imperative, and also that the Mm -hmm. manufacturing of these drugs is in desperate need as well. So we can have the scientific equation to cure this disease, but without a place to manufacture the, the drug quickly and perfectly you know, we have nothing. So I just learned all about the DNA, the gene, the cell outside of your DNA code, all has a role in the progression of HD. Um, And I just encourage all of us to study. And for me, a hands on deck approach was very helpful. And I could not have done that without the help of the HD community. They were the vessels. They are the people that I have learned from. They are the people that I trust um, and are producing the, this type of scientific revolution.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so funny. So we did a um, an event in Houston, I think last year, last year, and Lauren um, came to the event and we were talking before and then scientists were getting up and talking um, and Lauren is like the person that can challenge anybody and they make she makes their mouth drop and she's a fighter for the community like she is going to fight for her community and she is going to use her voice and it was just so great because a couple of things were said and she's the hand, hand goes straight up excuse me and she's but I love Lauren because I'm like so I sat down with her after, I'm like so you're a scientist you have a science background you're like no I just I just study I learn I want to know and I'm just like who are you you're just amazing for, you know, she goes so but it's really cool to watch lauren in action when someone's talking and she's using her voice for her community so that i've seen that happen and she we, she's one we are very lucky to have on our sides um and speaking of big meetings hsg will be in houston as we talked about and um, what is your yeah. hope, uh, for what hsg will bring to to houston this year
0: Well, let me just clarify like what HSG is. So it is the Huntington study group because I did not know this. I did not even know that they existed um, a long time ago Um, and they will be having their 25th anniversary conference here in Houston. Now this is a nonprofit organization that was founded shortly after the major and historic discovery of the gene by the Wexlers and the other amazing scientists. So HSG is kind of dedicated to bringing researchers from around the world together and one setting to share their scientific discoveries. Um, And they offer a free family day um, the Saturday after the research conference. Um, That's going to be November 10th. And I encourage all who can to go. It's a free event. Um, If you as a disease group, like I said before, have any ideas for me to bring back to the family day committee, I would love to hear that feedback and incorporate your needs inside of this environment. Um, Some ideas we are kind of playing with is like financial planning, the history of the gene discovery and how it led to this evolution in science, um, as well as the famous Ed Wild it will be coming to explain clinical trials such as the now Roche ASO therapy. He will tap into the Vasinex therapy, the Unicure therapy, and other imperative drug studies as well, such as Wave Life Sciences um, they will actually be there, and they have an ASO therapy similar to the Ionis-Roche therapy, except their therapy is specifically targeted to lower only the mutant Huntington protein in the brain instead of both <laughs> the um, good and the bad So, it's really cutting-edge technology, and currently they have a Phase 1B2A studies, which is enrolling now for the SNP-1 and SNP-2 in Canada and Europe, and they will be opening study sites in the U.S. soon. So, this is another phenomenal drug company that is doing phenomenal things regarding the ASO therapies, and I am just looking very forward um, to the precision technology that they will be able to bring to the table. So... um, Mm -hmm. With this mm-hmm. said, other information like caretaking, um, Katie, we mentioned for the family day, I'm interested in the new tools and devices to use for those that are symptomatic or in the late stages, and, um, and what, these, what, what do the patients need? So that we're going to be sending out surveys and getting feedback on, on how to really provide the best family day possible, and we can't do that without the patient population telling us what they want to hear about. Um, and, but we definitely right. want to reach that audience. It is not all about research. Um, you know, providing care is so important. and something that I value as a daughter with a mother in the very late stages. So I really can right. say not only do I know what it's like to have the gene inside of me, to have children at risk, um, but I have, I have a mother in the late stages. So I just want to say on that note, I care to care. And I look forward to the feedback um, that we get for the family day planning. I'm sure we're just going to come up with great things. Yeah. I have
1: all faith in that committee. That is a committee of amazing people. I know majority of people on that committee, if not everyone. And um, you guys are going to do an amazing job. I'm so, we are very excited to come to uh, Houston. I'm excited to be with you again this year. So I am us to sit down and be able to chat and and spend the day together and um, uh, actually, probably a couple of days together, and you know the HSG is That's always right. so I, – I walk away from J, HSG just feeling, you know, having three children at risk, my husband in final stages, obviously, you know. But yeah. you know, when before he went to final stages, I've been going to HSG for many, many years. There are meetings and um, there's just this there's this great sense of hope, and not only that, you know, one thing I think that was said, you know, in one of the le- you know one of the meetings I went to said, many so many times we feel alone. Um, as HD families, we feel like we're caring for our loved one. And what are, what are people doing? What are people doing? You know, we're, we were so wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And, and one scientist said, you know, I just want you to know we work on HD every single day. The mice have to be yeah. fed Christmas Eve, Christmas yeah. Day. We're in the lab <laughs> because the, fi- the mice <laughs> have to be fed. The mice, the data has to be collected. So, <laughs> no, we know how important this research is and know that we work on HD every single day. So our scientific community is working so hard um, and and we and going to HSG shows us that we get to see their progress. We get to see what they're working on. We get to see new things coming, and HSG really brings that um, to our community. Especially because it's most people don't realize HSG brings scientists from all over the world. So it's not just U- U.S. Um, I mean, I, I sat last year and talked to someone from, you know, someone from China, someone from, um, obviously, U.K., Canada. You know, they, they come from all over the world, Germany. Uh, they come from everywhere um, to come together and, and, and start to think tank and learn and, and tell about. Uh, and, and you just see all these connections happening with all these researchers at these tables. And it's like, yes, talk, talk. We want you to talk a lot because we want you to come up with something for us um, to, to help our families. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I do love agency, and I'm really excited. Um, so let's talk. I'm, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on today. I know that we are coming down You're to the welcome. end of our show. Um, and mm-hmm. um, as always, I, I love spending any time with you I can. Um, any further thoughts for us before we wrap up the
0: show? Um, you know what when I was studying you know I really always am going to be an advocate for juvenile Huntington's disease Um, there's been virtually no clinical trials ran for juvenile Huntington's disease and you know that is unfortunate Mm -hmm. it is a hot topic of concern as it is considered a completely different disease progression than adult onset Mm -hmm. HD but reaching out to this community is so imperative we can't have them hiding Mm -hmm. um, on the Facebook groups and, and the social media support groups I want to see them face to face and interact with a scientist and show them mm-hmm. like what you said like we're working for them and and we want them to know that yes your disease is different than the adult onset but you are so loved and we are so Trying so hard mm. to support that de- mm. that disease group with, with all all that we can, um, you know. Mm. So in my dreams, I would like to see a neuroscience center of America created specifically for neurodegenerative disease groups, so we can research more and implement more clinical trials in a safe and effective environment. And I think anyone and everyone who has ever participated in research, who has ever been a caretaker, who has ever just been a friend to somebody with HD, I just want you to know and the people that are working in the community The scientists, the clinical trial coordinators The neurologists, the social workers The plethora of people The patient advocates um, Everybody behind the scenes Just know that you know your hard work Is, is leading us to where we are today And uh, we, where we will Ultimately go tomorrow So I just want us to pat ourselves on the back And uh, love our disease Even when it does not love us And treat your body With health and mindfulness to the best of your abilities, and let's just um, love one another and come together with unity and respect until this mission is complete. And uh, I really appreciate this, Katie, and everybody out there that's listening. Um, Know you are loved, and uh, know you are not alone. Um, And Mm -hmm. we are doing everything we can to nip this in the bud as fast as possible. So... Yeah, I think everybody well, everybody's story well, motivates me. I'm not gonna lie. If it was just my story I probably wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no, so, you are seeing, you are seeing amazing. everybody else. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah no, absolutely. And you yeah. thank you for everything you do, Lauren. And um, you know, we will uh, stand by each other and fight this till the end. And uh Yes we will.
0: And cheers uh, for that. And
1: uh till the it's cure like is found, we will we will do it. And um I look forward to seeing you in Houston and if I don't get to see you before and um and then of course we will we will talk after this. Thank you so much and to our listeners, you guys can you know, everyone, we are advocates, we need to be H D advocates. We need to, as Lauren says, stand up and show up. Um we need an end to this and uh, a cure for this disease and new therapies and treatments for our loved ones and uh it's gonna take a village, all of us coming together and, yes, and fighting together which a village a village, but the community we do. I don't know a stronger, more passionate, resilient, loving community than my HD community. So um, we will we will continue to fight side by side. Um, so thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing your time. And thank you always for everything you do for our HD and JHD community. Um, everyone, you can tune in next week. We actually have HSG on the show we get to see their oh, awesome. new leadership at hsg yeah we have andy fagan and elise Kaysen coming on who are our new leaders of hsg and they're going to talk about some things going on in the future of hsg and how they are going uh, to push us forward so there's exciting stuff going on this year and so we are excited to hear about it so same time same place next week uh tune in and we will talk to andy fagan and elise Kaysen. and until then everyone have a safe week and we will talk to you next week thanks lauren
0: Thank you, Katie.